Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. It's great to be able to get with people who want to listen to God's Word, who want to study it, who want to learn more and in and, and deeper detail about what God's teachings really are, communicated to us through His Word, the Bible. And we're thankful to be able to have this opportunity and the ability and the means to be able to help people along this line through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. And we'd love to have you, if you're in the Omaha area, or if you're ever traveling through the Omaha area, to come and be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street. 3606 North 108th Street. Our Bible classes begin on Sunday morning at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30, and Sunday evening worship at 6 o'clock. Midweek Bible classes on Wednesday evenings, every Wednesday evening at 6.30. You're always welcome. Come and get to know us. Let us get to know you. And let's build a relationship together as we worship and study God's word together. And if you're, if, if, if you're not in the Omaha area, and, and we know that there are people listening in other parts of the country and literally around the world, then we encourage you to tell everybody you can about these podcasts, these Bible studies that are available to everyone who has access to the internet. Share them with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But share with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with anybody and everybody you can, literally. You know, by sharing these studies, you may help somebody else grow in their faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 verse 17. You may help somebody start to think about their relationship with God, about their soul's salvation. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So share these studies with everybody you can and tell everybody you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasts. Now it's free. It always will be free. I'll say that again. It's free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when they sign up for our podcasting, they will receive automatically to their smart device Sunday morning Bible class, Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and they will receive a daily Monday through Friday radio program called Search the Scriptures. But they'll also get a seven-day-a-week short Bible class that we call today's Bible class. It's only about 13 minutes each day. But that 13 minutes keeps us in God's Word. It keeps us learning, keeps us focusing, and helps us to be better prepared to be able to deal with life every day. So tell everybody you can. Churchofchrist.com and sign up for our podcasting. Again, always free. We're going to get back into our study from the book of Deuteronomy. And this is the fifth book in God's Word, the fifth book of the Old Testament. It is the fifth book in what is called the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And as we've noted, this particular book is kind of a reiteration, a reminder to the Israelites 
who are poised on the eastern bank of the Jordan River, getting ready to cross that river into the promised land, the land of Canaan, the land that God had promised to them through their forefathers going all the way back to Abraham, they're just about ready to cross that river, go into that land, and begin the conquest of that land. The first city that would challenge them would be Jericho, but God would give them resounding and marvelous and magnificent and glorious victory over that particular city. And then they would go on from there to place after place and battle after battle, and God would would give them victory after victory, and they would basically conquer the land. Now, the point that the, the, the instruction from God was, you either destroy the people or you drive them out. But God was, was giving them these victories, I think we can understand, at least in one sense, as a cleansing of that land, because the land of Canaan at that time was populated by various by various groups of people who were idol worshipers. They were not following God faithfully. And so by giving the land to the Israelites and having them drive out all of those people or destroy them in battle, then they would, God would be, through Israel, cleansing that land. I think that's one perspective that we could understand from his instruction here. Now, but as they're poised on that eastern bank of the Jordan River, just before they cross and start the, the conquest of the land, Moses goes over with them their history to a great extent. And basically a lot of it is what they have gone through from Egypt when they were in bondage there and God delivered them from that bondage through their wilderness wanderings, or as I call it, they're piddling in the wilderness because of a lack of faith on the part of the adult generations. But now after 40 years of wandering through the wilderness, the adult generations have died off, and the young generation, the children, they have grown up to become the adult generation now, and they have stronger faith. And God is giving them the land that their forefathers could not have have enjoyed because of their lack of faith. Now, I'm talking about their forefathers, their parents, and their grandparents. The desert years, your particular uh, heading might say, depending on, you know, if your Bible is edited in that way, but that simply is kind of a description. That's not part of the scripture itself. But Moses is going to remind them about the years in the desert, beginning with verse 1 of chapter 2. Moses tells the people, Then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spoke to me, and we skirted Mount Seir for many days. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, You have skirted this mountain long enough. Turn northward and command the people, saying, You are about to pass through the territory of your, of your brethren. Well, which brethren? Your brethren the descendants of Esau. Esau, the, the, the brethren of the Israelites, the descendants of Esau? Well, sure. Remember, Jacob and Esau were twins born to Isaac, and God chose Jacob as the specific bloodline through which he would bring the nation of Israel into being. But Esau and his descendants, they would become a mighty people, you know, themselves, but uh, they were not 
the chosen bloodline, and but they were still your your brethren. You know, you you are related to them by blood because they are the descendants of your father Jacob's brother. So who live in Seir, and they will be afraid of you. Therefore, watch yourselves carefully. Do not meddle with them, for I will not give you any of their land. No, not so much as one footstep, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. So that's interesting. God is giving them some restriction here. You're going to, you're going to pass by. You're going to have some, some, uh, uh, some, some, some. Uh, uh, association, or at least you're going to have some experience with the descendants. They're, they're your brethren by blood through your forefather, Jacob's brother, and but you're not going to conquer their land. You're not going to take their land. I'm not going to give you any of their land uh, because I've given that to Esau and his descendants. You shall buy food from them with money that you may eat, and you shall also buy water from them with money that you may drink. So you're going to interact with them. You're going to actually do some business with them. You're going to be able to gain, gain some supplies buying them from them, but you're not going to go into battle against them. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He knows you're trudging, through the great wilderness, these 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you. You have lacked nothing. So God has taken care of the Israelites all during the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And so Moses is reminding them, God took care of you. He, you you've lacked nothing. He fed you. He gave you water. And ultimately, the clothes on your, on your back never wore out. The shoes on your feet never wore out. In verse 8, he goes on, and he says, And when we, passed, when we passed beyond our brethren, the descendants of Esau, who dwell in Seir, away from the road of the plain, away from Elath and Etzion-Geber, we turned and passed by the way of the wilderness to Moab. Then the Lord said to me, Do not harass Moab, nor contend with them in battle, for I will not give you any of their land as a possession, because I have given R to the descendants of Lot as a possession. And Lot was the nephew of Abraham going back way back, hundreds and hundreds of years. And so there's some connection here, you know, again, by bloodline generally. The Emmon, the Emmon, had dwelt there in times past, a people as great and numerous and tall as the Anakim. So we're talking about a race of giants. They were also regarded as giants like the Anakim, but the Moabites called them Emim. Interesting, different, different terms or names of description or identity for different races of giants. The Horites formerly dwelt in Seir, but the descendants of Esau dispossessed them and destroyed them from before them and dwelt in their place, just as Israel did to the land of their possessions, which the Lord gave them. Now, rise and cross over the valley of Zered. So we crossed over the valley of the Zered, and the time we took to come across over the valley of the Zered was 38 years. Interesting. Well, again, they have gone in a big wide circle in the wilderness, and that was to allow those adult generations to die off. But things happened along the way. Until all the generation of the men of war was consumed from the midst of the camp, just as the Lord had sworn to them. 
the adult generations, the fathers, the grandfathers, the grandparents, all the parents, they had to die off in the wilderness because of their lack of faith. For indeed, the hand of the Lord was against them to destroy them from the midst of the camp until they were consumed. So it was when all the men of war had finally perished from among the people that the Lord spoke to me, saying, This day you are to cross over at Ar, the boundary of Moab. And so it took 40 years, but 40 years of judgment upon the weak in faith, adult generations that kept rebelling or com- against or complaining to God or to Moses, and really those complaints were against God, about different situations they were facing. But God took care of their physical needs, but they continued to show their weak faith. And so God said, once they had gone, the spies had come back from spying out the land of Canaan, Early on, after God had led them out of Egypt and across the Red Sea, and God told Moses, go to the promised land, and, and it's time to take possession of the land. Moses sent 12 spies. Ten of them came back and said, initially, it's a good land flowing with milk and honey. Look at, look at uh, the examples of the, of, the, of the produce we brought back. Impressive. But then those 10 spies They said, but we can't take that land. The people there are too mighty. The cities are large and fortified, and there's giants living in that land. Now, Joshua and Caleb, the other two among the 12 spies, they demonstrated great faith in God. And they said, no, God will give us the victory. We're well able able to take it. Let's go right now. But the 10 spies turned the hearts of the people And they said, no, we can't do it. They were afraid. They weren't going to do it. They couldn't do it. And so God brought judgment upon those entire adult generations, the fathers, the the parents, the grandparents, and said, okay, you say you're afraid for your children? All of you parents and grandparents, you're going to die in the wilderness. And that's what Moses keeps referring to about those 40 years or so that they wandered in the wilderness That was the time it took for those adult generations to die off. And then God, he brought up the children, their children, and they grew up to be stronger in faith, and they would be the ones who would take the land and possess it. So coming back to verse 12, the Horites formerly dwelt in Seir, but the sons of Esau dispossessed them and destroyed them from before them and dwelt in their place just as Israel did to the land of their possessions. And let's drop down now to verse 14. And the time we took to come from Kadesh Barnea until we crossed over the valley of the Zered was 38 years until all the generation of the men of war was consumed from the midst of the camp, just as the Lord had sworn to them. For indeed, the hand of the Lord was against them to destroy them from the midst of the camp until they were consumed. So it was when all the men of war had finally perished from among the people, the Lord spoke to me saying, Moses is speaking here. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, this day you are to cross over at Ar, the boundary of Moab. And when you come near the people of Ammon, do not harass them or meddle with them, for I will not give you any of the land of the people of Ammon as a possession." 
because I have given it to the descendants of Lot as a possession. And again, grandson of, of, of uh, or rather nephew of Abraham going back hundreds and hundreds of years. And it was to Abraham initially that God had promised the land of Canaan to his descendants. In verse 20, that was also regarded as a land of giants. Giants formerly dwelt there, but the Ammonites called them Zazumim. Again, different designation, different group of people calling giants by different names. A people as great and numerous and tall as the Anakim, but the Lord destroyed them before them, and they dispossessed them and dwelt in their place, just as he had done for the descendants of Esau, who dwelt in Seir when he destroyed the Horites from before them. They dispossessed them and dwelt in their place even to this day. And the Avim, who dwelt in villages as far as Gaza and Kaphtorim, who came from Kaphtor destroyed them and dwelt in their place. And so Moses is going back over the history of the different descendants of Abraham, and that would have included the Israelites, but they were a a specific bloodline. And Moses, God is telling Moses, these are the things that God did to deliver your brethren through bloodline, going back hundreds and hundreds of years. Verse 24, rise, take your journey, cross over the river Arnon. Look, I have given into your hand Sihon the Amorite, and uh, king of Heshbon, and his land, begin to possess it and engage him in battle. This day I will begin to put the dread and fear of you upon the nations under the whole heaven who shall hear the report of you and shall tremble and be in anguish because of you. And so God, again, was giving them victory over all who would be their enemies. And it's interesting that he says here in verse 25 of Deuteronomy chapter 2, I will, this day I will begin to put the dread and fear of you upon the nations under the whole heaven. Remember how Balak, the king of Moab, feared the Israelites and tried to get Balaam to curse them, being Balaam being a follower of God. And Balaam said, I can't do that. I can only do what God tells me to do. In verse 26, we move on. And I sent messengers from the wilderness of Kedemoth to Sihon, king of Heshbon, with words of peace, saying. So Moses said, I, I, sent, I sent messengers to the king of Heshbon, and these were words of peace, saying, let me pass through your land. I will keep strictly to the road. I will turn neither to the right nor to the left. You shall sell me food for money, that I may eat and give me water for money, that I may drink, only let me pass through on foot. And so he says, we're not going to cause any trouble. Just, in fact, we'll buy food and provisions from you and water. Just as the descendants of Esau who dwelt in Seir and the Moabites who dwelt in Ar did for me until I crossed the Jordan to the land which the Lord our God is giving us. But Sihon, king of Heshbon, would not let us pass through For the Lord your God hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate that he might deliver him into your hand as it is this day. And the Lord said to me, See, I have begun to give Sihon and his land over to you. Begin to possess it that you may inherit his land. Then Sihon and all his people came out against us to fight at Jahaz. 
And the Lord our God delivered him over to us, so we defeated him, his sons, and all his people. We took all his cities at that time, and we utterly destroyed the men, women, and little ones of every city. We left none remaining. We, only, we took only the livestock as plunder for ourselves with the spoil of the cities which we took. And so in this way, this was one way at least, that God was putting fear and dread in the hearts of the people who would be enemies of the Israelites. And God was giving Israel uh, victory over those enemies. Verse 36, from Aror, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, and from the city that is in the ravine as far as Gilead, there was not one city too strong for us. The Lord our God delivered all to us. Only you did not go near the land of the people of Ammon, anywhere along the river Jebak, or to the cities of the mountains, or wherever the Lord our God had forbidden us. And so God is giving them guidance. And this time, they're following his guidance. They're doing as he has instructed them to do. The problem that the Israelites faced 40 years before was that their forefathers, that is their parents and grandparents, did not trust God, did not have faith strong enough, sufficient enough to trust God to give them deliverance. They could have been in the promised land at least 38 years sooner if they had simply had strong enough faith in God. And now God, Moses is telling the people, God has given us victory after victory. He's given us possessions. He's taken care of us at every turn. And of course, the lesson, the further lesson would be, let's keep trusting God. Let our faith in him remain strong and he will give us the victories and he will bestow upon us the blessings that he has promised. That is a lesson that we need to learn today. As long as we walk with God, God will walk with us and God will take care of us. Now, walking with God is more than just saying Oh, I'm walking with God. I love God. I believe in God. No, it's living by his teachings. Remember what Jesus said in John 14 and verse 15 and verse 21 and verse 23 and verse 24. If you love me, keep my commandments. And true love for God will mean I will live by his teachings. That's called faithfulness faithfulness, not just faith in God, but faithfulness to God. The Israelites had to learn the hard way in those early years. The children learned the lesson, and they became obedient to God. Now, later on in their history, they, would, they themselves would struggle. But at this point, they were ready to believe in, trust in, and follow the teachings, the instructions, the guidance that God was giving them through Moses. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for loving us so much. We thank you for giving us your word to guide us in your will and in the best way to live life on this earth. Thank you, Father. We give you the praise, the glory, the honor, and the thanks. But help us, Father, to always open our eyes and realize it's not just words written on paper, 
It is your word, and it has meaning, and it contains promises and blessings. Help us to always realize and to trust you for deliverance in whatever the situation might be that faces us at any moment. Help people to see this all around the world. Their greatest security is not in massive armies or great strong armaments or even in money, but it is in you, Father, if they will turn to you and walk with you. Help us all to learn that lesson, Father, please, we pray. To you be the glory, the honor, the praise, and the thanks. And Father, at this time we pray, please, please, forgive us of our sins. And hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.